Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. I'm a really big beast. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. I'm a beast with a big fat ears. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. I'm a beast with a big fat ears. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where I uh, I almost said I come up with five sketch ideas. Andy, in many ways, that's true. Oh God, Alistair. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. You don't, you don't. I felt that I needed to acknowledge it as well, just to be totally upfront with what I'm yeah. obviously thinking, and I'm, you know, I don't know where I'm coming, why I'm coming at it from this angle. Andy, I think it's a great angle to come at it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of like real selfish sort no, of self righteous. I, I think it was it was the kind of angle that someone who comes up with a lot of ideas would would come <laughs> from. Because I wouldn't would never have thought to to come up come at it from that direction. So Great. that was clever. Yeah, and, checks out. Uh, I'm going to write it down. Thanks. Yeah, it's a sketch. Hey, you're listening to Two in the Think Tank. Um, and uh, and we're doing a show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. We always plug it at the very, very end of the podcast. But by then, I mean... Who knows how many people are still listening? Who knows? Who so knows? it goes from March 26th to April 21st. It's at 9.15 p.m. It's called Magma. You can buy tickets now. And if you do, that helps us immensely by not feeling scared about the um, the upcoming festival. Oh, we'll still feel scared. Oh, yeah. But, like, it'll be a good kind of anticipatory fear as opposed to a cloying dread, mm. you know? And yes. that's a very important distinction. No, it'd be wonderful if you could come. It's going to be a very funny show, Alistair. I know. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, you know, I, I was that was directly directed at you. It, it, it would be wonderful if you could come. Yeah, well, I know it's going to be good because it's full filled with lo- loads of ideas that I know that you've come up with. Thank you. I I come up with five sketch ideas. Andy, um, yes, Alistair. Do you ever grab your nose hairs that are poking out of your nostril and pull at them? Yeah. Just with your fingers to yeah. pull them out. Yeah, I yank them out. And then, that, like, occasionally I found myself doing it, like, work and stuff, and I'm like, Are you, this is not okay. I, it's weird that you should say this because, I mean, I, I brought it up because that's something I do. No way. And, and I, I mean, it's, it's crazily satisfying. Yeah. But also, like... Man, it hurts do- so much, though, right? Yeah. It hurts so much. But it's such a thick, it's such a thick um, hair. Yeah. Short, you do get thick, out. solid little hair. Mm. You really feel like you're uprooting something, and yeah. and and that pain that mm. you get when you're pulling it out is almost dis- disappears instantly. There's no ongoing pain, mm. and it's replaced with like a satisfaction at having pulled out this chunky hair, yeah. but also the need to sneeze. I find a lot of yeah, the time, but also the knowledge that you are more immaculately groomed than mm. you. Were just moments just, just earlier. a moment ago. Yeah. yeah, it's momentary immaculate, momentarily immaculate. Now, you you say you do this. Have you ever done it at work? Andy, I don't think there's any limits to where I could do it. Because that's really reassuring to me. Because this is one of those things where it's like, I I have done it where I know I have, and I don't know if other people have seen. Because I know, and I think that if they did see, I don't. I also don't know if they processed it. Mm. And the fact that you say you have probably done it at work and I've never seen it or certainly processed it makes me feel that this might be one of those things that like people just filter out and then I feel a lot better about having done it, you know? Sure, sure, like, sure. There's sure. certain behaviours that are probably not okay. Well, I think this could be one that probably could be not okay, but I think you 
your mind gets taken off of how gross it is mm. by how violent it is. Oh, okay. Do you think that's a thing that happens a lot? Well, yeah, I think because... Yeah, sure, he was gross, but I didn't really notice that because he was so violent. Well, because you're not thinking about the hair when the the really abrupt... Yanking. Uh, sort of, yeah, arm movements are happening. Right, so you'd just be like, that guy's flailing. He's just flapping around. Cause the, oh, and this is what it is. Mm. Your eye is attracted by the yanking. Mm. By the motion, yeah. But, but because you, it takes you that fraction of a second to cotton on and be like, that man is moving quickly over there. His arm is moving. Mm. You don't. You're not there. You're not tuned in to see the moment at which the hand is pulling away from the nose. Yeah. You only get a fraction afterwards when it's just a little twitch. That's right. Well, right? because I think what you're having to do is you're having to go from sort of zero movement, mm. and then I think you got to get, you got to get the kind of l, the elbow to start the moment, the momentum down mm. before you actually let the hand move. Mm. Sort of, so that's the weight that kind of keeps it, right. gets it moving first. Yeah. And so then, then you're really ah, like that, and you're going down. It's a kind of a whiplash kind you're, of motion. You're attempting to get some kind of whiplash even though you, you know. Do you think it breaks the speed of sound? It feels like it does. Mm. There's, you know, it's that, there's a sort of a, there's the popping version, like there's a pop, but mm. only... Uh, through the sense of touch, you know, you yeah. feel it kind of out. Mm, mm. Like it's that. one of those things that doesn't make a noise, but if it did, that's what it would be. Yeah, that's right. Um, now, now, is there a sketch in this in some way? Nothing's coming to me right away. Well, what it has led me onto in my mind, and can I move on to just a slight? You may, you may attempt. On, is that like we have the sonic boom? Okay, right, which is when things go faster than the speed of sound. But could we have booms in other areas when things go faster than the speed of smell or touch? <laughs> you know? No. Like, <laughs> and feel free to just say no. No, no. I mean, like, I always love the idea of the speed of smell. Yeah. I think that makes me laugh straight away. But at the same time, I think it's really stupid. Okay. Yeah. Well, I th but so I think you would need to have a smell that went faster than the speed of smell, right? Mm. In order to create a smellic boom, right? Smellic, smellic boom. Now, the smellic boom mm. would then have to be some sort of smell-based phenomenon, where there is a huge release of smell that has become pent up behind in in front of the smell that is moving faster than the speed of smell. Mm. What could that be compared to? You know, what 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 in our day-to-day -day experience could possibly be a smellic boom? Mm. The closest thing, I guess, that I experience mm. is when you, let's say you've got two weeks off mm. from work, <laughs> and on the day you go back to work, in the morning you go get your backpack in which you're going to put your, 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 your lunch in there, yeah. and you find... The, the leftovers of mm. the lunch from two weeks ago, and you yeah. open that, yeah, 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 and it really does hit you. The 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 a similar thing would be uh, the fridge that or the freezer that has become disconnected from the power or has mm. stopped working. Yeah, and when you open that door and that waft that comes out of the freezer compartment or whatever it is, mm. is a is a very like intense. Seems like fast-moving smell. Yeah, but it's not. It's not the same. You know, you're right. The it's parallel doesn't intense... exist. It's just an intense smell, Alistair. And if this was a, a riff about coming up with intense smells, that'd be great. But it's not. It's a riff about comparing two things that are impossible to compare, which is the thing that we try and do on the podcast all the time. And mm. sometimes it works out. And I'm going to say this time, it's a bust. You know. Um, but you know, there there are. Maybe with the pulling the hairs out of the nostrils. Yes. And look, there may be women who do that. Uh, maybe they, they, they do pull them out, yank them out like that. Maybe. That could be the case. Maybe. But um, it feels like that would be one of the things that society has like, forced women not to do. See, so, so, so not only have they forced women to, to groom in certain ways, mm. you know, they, they feel all these, they, this pressure to, 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 to pull hairs off yeah, yeah. of different things. Mm. But then they feel pressure to not pull hairs out of their nose in public I think, at work while sitting at their computer. I think it's interesting that all women pulling out of hair, hair 
has been become a thing that is hidden away from society. It's like death. Mm. You know, you never see it anymore. I think that, like, I think, I think, if I, I think, yes, Andy, society should continue to force women to, uh, or society can continue to force women to have to like rip out all their hair if society wants. But now we don't want to take away society's autonomy. <laughs> exactly, society. I'm not going to tell society what to do mm. when it comes to telling women yeah. what to do. But now, all men. All men. But now. All those things have to happen in the street. Right. On the footpath, on a little table. So if people are going to get hairs ripped out of them, yeah. right, it has to be done in sort of so everybody can see. So society has to can understand the consequences of what it's it's forcing people to do. Right? Yeah, it right. really is like, you know, not only do we want women to do this to get waxed or whatever it mm. is, we don't want to see it happen. We want it to be done in a real nice, clean-looking well, you know, day spa type thing that, where the name doesn't even really allude to exactly what it is that's going on in there so that we don't have to even think about it. It's, like, it's not that the, it's, the, hair, the hair isn't just being erased from the body. It's being erased from history. Sure. Right? It's like it was never there. Well, I think maybe or while, while... they should hang up all the strips of used wax on at least, you know, on, with all the hairs in it out the front. Well, I think... That maybe while we're doing this, Andy, yes, because um, I think what you're touching on is sort of part of a, a bigger problem. Mm. I'm um, so glad there's more to this. Yeah, it's it's you know it's much like people eating meat. You know, people talk about it's the murder of these animals that mm. is happening behind closed doors, and people are disconnected from it. Mm. So I think that should probably also be happening on little benches. Yes. Um, in public. Little benches in the street. But then what's going to happen then if we just have it in little benches, right? People are just going to stay inside and not look outside. So I think maybe it should just be in all the places where people are looking, you know, where people you, – you can go in people's houses and that's where you kill chickens. Yes. You want to have a meat industry. You want to have people that are hair-free, right? And it all starts because of a guy getting given shit – for yanking the nose hairs out of his nose while sitting at his desk. Because he's really taking a stand. He's saying that if society wants me to not have nostril hairs, society has to know what's involved in that, Mm -hmm. right? And that is me yanking them out and feeling this pain and having a sneeze, Mm. you know? Yeah. You can't expect me to hide this from you anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to mollycoddle you, society. I'll do what you want, but... You have to watch me while I do it. Mm-hmm. My name is Wyatt Knight. Yeah, is that a thing? Is that do people? Is that name sort of already allocated as like an online? I don't know. I've never seen it before. Oh, that's good though. You should use that. You should become a right wing sort of satirist of some kind. Mm. Do or, a, hmm? or sure. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I think that's is that a more of a left thing though. White Knight. Yeah, like it's a more of a thing that left people kind of complain about. Is it? I don't know. Are mm. we all complaining about the, so many things? Well, I mean, exists. we're complaining about so many things. We should just find some something in common. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. Um, I think uh, that is a that is a thing, Alistair. What we just talked about: um, public hair removal, public hair removal, yeah, murder of animals. What's the other things we're disconnected from, Andy? Um, um, that we do that's bad. Probably climate change. How should we? Should, mm, should I mean, the cold? death of the death of polar bears or whatever. Yeah, and all the insects. Should we watch the insects <sighs> die? This death of the insects thing, Alastair. This is my new favorite thing to be depressed about. I didn't even know about the total collapse of insects. I knew about the bees, but then I thought maybe the bees were having a comeback. I thought maybe the bees were going to be okay, but now it turns out that just like all insects are dying, all insect populations, and there's like. We're on track at the current rate to have killed all insects by the end of the century. Now, that's not going to happen, right? We're not going to have killed all insects by the end of the century because, like, the it's not it's, got, it's not going to be a strict linear replication of the rate at which we're currently wiping them out because some insects will be more resistant to the things that we're doing to wipe them out. And as we progressively wipe out more insects, the ones that remain will be the ones that are the more resistant. So it'll taper off. Right, but still, it is such a huge impact to be having as this. Oh my god, goddamn 
Mm. Uh, pesticides spraying them out of planes onto crops. I've now started, like, for the first time ever, I consciously bought organic food this week. I've never done that. Well, if it makes you feel better, organic food doesn't necessarily mean no pesticide was used. You know what, Al? That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> that, that is a huge weight off my mind. Yeah. yeah. What does organic mean? Is it one of those things that doesn't mean anything? Well, it's one of those things that has multiple definitions and also... Oh, great. That's really good. That's yeah. what we need in the thing that could well, potentially save all of humanity. Ah, a bit of vagueness. Bit yeah, of... but I think you could still save humanity by st- still using chemicals. Um, you just need to get rid of the ones This would be great, though, if we could do it with chemicals. Mm. Whatever we do, if we could do it with chemicals, that would be good. Yeah. As long as chemicals are involved. We don't know the solution, but we know it will involve <laughs> chemicals. Well, how much chemicals? Good question. We don't know what we don't kind, know, but, but we gonna, do know how much. We're going to take it to the edge, then pull it back a well, little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Or it's going to seem like almost too much chemicals. We're going to keep putting them out there until it seems like everything's gone bad. Then we'll stop it, bring it back a little. It'll be fine. Well, maybe every time you spray bug killer, mm. you should have to also spray bug food. Great. That's that's that's. No, but there's the, you know like there's things like for example, I think here's something that. Yes. That you can yes. use a chemical. You can, you can synthesize um, moth pheromone, mm. right? And you can put it out there or whatever. And then I think it makes the moths. I think, I'm not sure if it's one of the moth pheromones that makes them go away. Right. Or you. Or 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 you no, no I think you spray it and then it lures them somewhere. Or it's like yeah, or it's the male her- pheromone and then. They can't smell the females in there, so they don't come to the area and they don't breed, and it doesn't cause. Right. So this death. is for getting rid of moths. That well, that's huge an insect problem that you're tra- of moths. Well, what do you think the problem is with with growing crops? Oh, it's is that, it moths? Well, sometimes it's moths. Oh no, moths. Yeah. Oh, I love moths. Do you? Know, I'd never thought about moths as being a pest. No, they are. They got dusty wings. Oh, of course, they, get they dust. eat clothes and stuff, don't they? They eat your clothes. That's a pe- that's a pestful thing yeah. too. Very pestful. Mm. Um, well, what about this, right? You can have insect spray. Yeah. You can have bug spray. But in the insect spray is like some very fine black powder. Okay. Right? So that when you spray it, sure, it's killing insects and yeah. destroying all insect populations. But then that very fine black powder goes up into the atmosphere and blocks some of the sun's light mm. so that we don't die from global warming. So it'll just be a little, you know... So wait, so it'll it balance that, out. So okay, it somehow black, blacks, blocks out the sun. Well, this this idea of putting the stuff that that volcanic ash ash kind of thing, the sulfuric mm. um, thing, sulfur dioxide or whatever, yeah, it is, whatever up into the air that we talk about every week on well, this podcast. Because yeah. you can you can do it, and it'll cost like ten billion dollars a year or under, mm. which is hugely cheap. No, that's nothing. Yeah, uh, on the you know to fix the world problem. The only problem with it. Is that oh, it no, does, is there a problem? Yeah. Is that it depletes the ozone layer. Oh, fuck. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the thing that was going to save us. Well, yeah, that's what I was it. wondering if it might deplete the ozone layer, actually, because I was like, I wonder if there are going to be any negative consequences to this gas we're going to pump into the atmosphere. Yeah. Did but you look it up? Did you? I just listened to a podcast. Between, between seeing you at work and seeing you here, I listened to a podcast that was about exactly about this. We have spent so much time together today. Mm. Wow, so you listen to this and they're just in time to destroy my one hope of saving well, the planet. There's other anyway, options. fortunately I didn't say sulfur dioxide. I said some black stuff, some yeah, black powder. But, but Andy, we could, we could, whilst they're trying to come up with a solution, we could come up with a solution to save ourselves, make our, our human form mm. resistant to everything, well, death. All you know, we're gonna have to die. This is also why I'm skeptical of people who eat healthy food. You're still gonna live at max a hundred years old. Yeah, those are the people to be skeptical of, <laughs> Alistair. Good on you. <laughs> it's anyway. these people eating healthy food. No, no, but um, yeah, I was like looking to after it. themselves. Okay. That's so a bit we have sus. to isolate ourselves. Mm. We have to be able to live without there being an ecosystem. <sighs> okay. No. Maybe I feel like lichens could be the solution here. We just need to form a symbiotic relationship with one other creature that yeah. is capable of producing its own food. Well, I think we just need a microsystem. We don't want to rely on the 
bigger ecosystem. Mm, mm. We want to have like a like a biodome, mm-hmm. or even a terrarium. I mean, is that so crazy? Yeah, just a, like just a terrarium, and it doesn't even have to. This is the thing: the terrarium doesn't even have to go all the way to the ground, right? It can just start sort of just below the anus, mm. right around your thighs, okay. and then terrarium up here, up over your head. You can still walk around, but you're shitting. Right yep. inside the terrarium, of course, your shit is going into sort of the ground at the bottom of the terrarium. Mm. The foods are growing up around your body. Yeah, you're eating those foods and you're shitting them back out again, and it's a totally self-contained little system. Your little legs are still poking out the bottom, mm. so you can still go about your business. Maybe you've got a series of magnets and long poles that allow you to interact with the you know the toxic environment around you. But within your little terrarium, mm. you're fine. But do you want to have other people in your life, or is that uh, you can touch it with your magnets and your poles? Well, you can touch their magnets and poles with mm. your magnets and poles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. But I guess if you can't interact with them, then you need to also be growing sort of your emotional, like you kind of need to have like a, you can't just have sus- sustenance. You know, like a man can't live on bananas it. alone. No, you, gotta, you need some spiritual fulfillment. So that needs right. to kind of be growing in there. DVDs? Could we... Oh yeah, DVDs is good. I was yeah. going to suggest creating a small, like a smaller race of humans that are just created for your entertainment. They thrive in your terrarium. Maybe they could think that you're God. Maybe you could be the God. Look in there. I think we're getting to the bottom of exactly what existence is. We yeah. are all living in God's terrarium to amuse Him, while yeah. He tries to survive in some sort of bigger, hostile environment that we couldn't possibly imagine. Mm. I mean. Is that so crazy? Feels like space is a pretty hostile environment, and that's where God lives. Well, God could have access to another dimension in which He's an underling. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We could all be a form of escapism for a God who works a really dull job. Yeah, or you know, He's He is not a uh, as merciful as He could be because He was mistreated by those around Him. And when you think about it again, we talked about God's brother Todd. Mm. A long, long time ago on this show. But I think... God Todd. God, God Todd. I, I think that God itself doesn't really sound like a winner's name. Like no. if, you, if, you do, if you take God away from mm. all your knowledge about God and you just heard the name God, yeah, he sounds like a dork. Sure, he yeah. sounds like somebody who doesn't have a good job. What do you think Chod? Chod. Yeah, what, like you it's think it's a better to, name? It's closer to Chad. That feels yeah. more like a winner's name. Like a winner's name, like Chad. Like Chad. You're right. Or Chad's Chod. winning. Chod. So there's Chod. He's the jock. <laughs> there's Todd. Yeah. He's a real slacker, no hoper. Mm. And then there's God in the middle, right? And mm. he's he's not doing so great. So wait, this terrarium idea. Yeah. The wearable terrarium, mm-hmm. so that you, you know, your portable ecosystem, mm-hmm. so that you can live with outside of thing. How big do you think it has to be? I reckon it's like a sphere. Oh, sort it's of a whole sphere. Well, maybe not a sphere. I'm, I'm sort, sort of like a sort of like a. I'm picturing it shaped like a a, a big piece of corn. You know, like a corn mm. kernel. So like you like look like you're, like you're in a corn costume. You're in a it's like you're in a big corn costume, big transparent corn costume. Maybe you don't want it to be transparent. Maybe you don't want to see what's going on outside, right? Yeah, but <laughs> Maybe the, you're just blundering around the wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> All you can see inside your terrarium are your tiny little people and your banana tree and your layer of shit around the ground. Well, they're, they're, you know, they're mixing that in with the with the yeah. hay and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Are they doing that? Are, oh, they could maintain it. This little species. Well, are your arms on the inside or on the outside? Your arms are on the inside, and then you've got some little sticks that poke out through holes and some magnets. And I think it wouldn't be good to have holes. You know, <laughs> well, holes they're not you... really holes. They're like sealed. They've got mm. rubber in them. Yeah, that's what you want. they got those like dinky rubber that looks like a um, an old-fashioned gear stick. Yeah, if you had one of those little like trays like in a, you know, like one of those places where they, they accept cash, but they have mm. like that... that Tink thing that opens up and then you put something in, then it has to uh, close and then you open yeah, it on your you side. Some sort of very suspicious train station or something. Or like, or like, just like when you're going into jail. Mm. It's like a little airlock. Yeah, a little but airlock. But for uh, the thing that it blocks from escaping is trust. But you would need a bit of air so that you know, like when you're in the sun in a room that has no 
ventilation. Mm. Wouldn't that be bad? That does sound pretty bad. Yeah. It sounds like a classic dogs die in hot cars type scenario, yeah. doesn't it? Well, yeah. we'll so need... is, it, is it just that it's got an open bottom? But still, I think that hot air rising thing. Yeah, is really bad. no, I think I think it can't, it's got to be sealed off, but then it's got to have some kind of air conditioning system that pumps. You know, that that just mm. semi permeable me- membrane. Oh, it could be a semi permeable membrane, Alistair. Yeah, yeah. Well, could re- could it use reverse osmosis? Well, I don't know, Andy. No, I don't know either. Uh, we don't even really know what any of those things are that we just said. But, but how is this like? I, like I, I mean, obviously, I like aspects of this. But, but how how are we making it a sketch? I think we're selling it. Are we just starting this guy? Are we just starting on him, and he's living his life. She's living her life. It does sound like a short there. film, doesn't it? it sounds mm-hmm. quite romantic as a short film. You, you think know? so? Yeah. yeah. Um. Look, uh, I think maybe um, what if what if this is they're being... trying to get biodiversity? Well, they're going around but, looking for well, biodiversity. But this is this is sort of basically this is an extreme version of what the right wing people have now twisted their messaging around to be. Right? Mm-hmm. Not that we should, because before they were saying, "Well, there is no climate change," and now it's kind of pretty undeniable. And yeah. now they're sort of saying, "Well, look, it's not worth the economic damage to um, change our." economy instead we'll just totally rebuild society in some way that allows us to adapt to this thing that we have no way of predicting um except for the fact that we know that it's going to be disastrous right and this is the this is the sort of the the end game scenario of that where and they would love this because it's all about the individual right there's no social responsibility for any of these things Mm. it's up to the individual to build their own terrarium that they can walk around and survive in, right? Sure. Nobody ever said you had a right to clean air. Nobody ever said that you had a right to a livable planet, okay? Mm. Sensible, thinking individuals who take care of their money and know how to look after their families will build themselves corn kernel-shaped inverted terrariums. Great. Yeah, I kind of picture it like more like a like a glass dildo kind of mm-hmm. scenario. You, or, you know, like, you know those... <laughs> Those guys that used to dress up in The Simpsons as the Duff Beers. Mm. And they just had their face sticking out? Mostly like their face was kind of sticking out, but maybe that could just be a sort of like a, a bulbous window. Yeah, like, bulbous you know, window. Bulbous window and then inside there. When you go to a reptile park, you look through the bulbous window. Yeah. It's like you're in there amongst all the snakes. Mm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Just write down the words bulbous window. You're right, I wrote bulbous window. Yeah. You know, they, they say the eye, is, fav- the eye is the window to the soul. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty bulbous window, the eye. It's true, yeah. Bulbous window was actually my favourite um, 1960s uh, political satirist. <laughs> <laughs> is that a reference to anything in particular? I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it sounds like Aldous Huxley. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Bulbous window, uh, Fahrenheit four five one. Is that bulbous window? No, no. That's, um, Fuck. Brave New World. Brave New World. He also did Island, I think. Mm, sure, sure, sure. He also did um, Island. Was that the one with you and McGregor? I think it's a different movie. Damn Because I think this Island is. Uh, is this is the one with John Claude Van Damme? Yeah, it's the one with John Claude Van Damme. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also did uh, Doors of Perception. Ah, with Jean-Claude Van Damme? That's right. Jean-Claude Van Damme takes mescaline with a babysitter and sees through the doors of perception. (laughs) And once he has, he'll never be able to go back uh, the same man that he was when he first went through the doors. Also, he round kicks someone to the head. Himself. Jean-Claude Van Damme, dirty ape. Um, M.C. Escher Van Dam, right? Is there? <laughs> wait, wait. What's Van Dam ha- does have that Claude? V- what's it, his? He's V.D. Jean Claude G.C. Okay, V.D. What are we doing here? Okay, wait, wait. G.A.J.C. Escher Dam, right? And he's a yeah. guy who round kicks people, but he's always kicking up. 
<laughs> I mean, the ability to, to oh, I guess that's really what happened in that movie Inception, isn't it? Like, the, the someone who had a sort of a superpower of being able to MC Escher things, so that they, it looks like you're sort of punching in one direction, but actually you're punching in a in a direction that tricks the eye. And it does some impossible twist around, mm. and then and it hits them in some other direction. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool, you know. Or if you could, if you were like an Elastigirl type person, and you could punch, you could actually punch backwards, but then go all the way around the Earth and punch the person in front of you in the back of the head. It'd be real hard to aim, though, wouldn't it? Because you wouldn't actually be able to see. Yeah, but you'd, right you'd where get, you were punching. Yeah, you don't. You get a feel for it. I, I don't know that you would. I don't know that you would. Yeah, right. You know, you'd need a little GoPro on and the then, end of your wrist, right? And yeah. then a little monitor on your face and well, you'd be going, Woo, Evelyn, you'd be weaving around. Evelyn from Ep- uh, The Incredibles 2 did make a little camera for the for the suit, but she put it on the chest rather than on the fist. But I'm sure she could mm. put one on the on the f- fist or they, you could just move the you chest mean one. Edna? No, Evelyn. Evelyn. Evelyn made the suit? Yeah, well, yeah, she put right. the camera into the suit because she was the inventor. Mm. I think they did get somebody else to design the suit, and Edna was not happy about it. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. I'm so sorry. No, and I shouldn't have challenged you in your knowledge of The Incredibles too. It's just, it's just that I, not only have I seen the movie many times, but we also have a CD that summarizes the movie in about 19 minutes, and I've heard that almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, it's a CD? Like, is it like a somebody? Re- just telling you the story? Yeah, it goes with a book. Yeah, and are they like, do they have the characters' voices in there and stuff as well? Some of them, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool, though. An all-electric elastocycle. This actually sounds like the way I would love to consume all media. Yeah. Because it sounds like it's an audio version of reading the Wikipedia page, which mm. is, in a way, these are my two favorite things. Podcasts, mm. so listening, and reading the Wikipedia page of, really high quality art that I would otherwise, you know, Andy, I would get emotionally invested in podcast for you where I just go into Wikipedia and read the synopsis of things. Such a good thing. It must be possible to do that. I wonder if there's any rights issues with that. There can't be right. Wikipedia, it's all free. You're allowed to do whatever you want. You can just go in there and read it all out. Pretty sure. You know, I'll read out Wikipedia to you. I'm, I'm reading it to you. I just said I was great. Would you listen to that? I was in character as you when I said that. That was really good. I actually Thank saw you. myself in that. Yeah. Well, I would. I would. Like I literally would. after you said it, I said, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, you were already being me. I would listen to that, Alistair. Yeah. I would, I would have a real good time. Okay. How about this? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mm-hmm. Useful nipples. Now, uh, this is this is this is this is a thing that I've thought about. Yeah. Right. Because we talk about the superfluous third nipple. Mm-hmm. Right. But really, the first two nipples are pretty superfluous. It's superfluous. If you're a man. Yeah. Right. So why are we making fun of this third nipple? Also, how do you know which? One, if there's a superfluous third nipple, how do you know which ones are superfluous? Right. Which ones the superfluous? Which ones the superfluous one? Yeah. Really, the first two nipples are superfluous. Because it's the third nipple that allows you to say, I have a third nipple. You can't say, I have a second nipple, because mm. that's not interesting. It's the third nipple that gives you a talking point, negating its superfluousness. It is useful mm. as a thing to talk about, about the fact that you have a third nipple. The shame is you need the first two nipples in order mm. to have a third nipple. Yeah. Because if you didn't have the first two nipples, you just have a first nipple. Yeah. You can't say to anyone, you, I mean, it's hard enough to say mm. I've got a second nipple, but to say I've got a, I've got a first nipple to yeah. people, I mean, then you look crazy. But, it's, but it is also interesting, though, saying I have a first nipple. I have a first nipple. Sure. I mean, it's an opener. I would love, and I know it's it's not really wrong, but I would love to just in conversation with people, just show them my nipple 
and just talk about it with them? I, I mean, you could do it on a booth in the street, I suppose. No, not in a booth. I just want like colleagues and, you know, family members and, you know, some like people that you meet whilst you're doing sort of, you know, you're mm. at a party or something like that. Mm-hmm. We should just be able to go, how weird is this weird bit of slightly discolored skin? Mm. It's like it feels pretty much like mm. it, but it's a little bit softer like the rest of the skin. But coming from um, film and TV, mm. you know, which is where we work, really the nipples to me look like they are markers that were put on there for some sort of green screen thing, like you were going to edit something else in and post. Mm. Like you just needed the two nipples as reference points, yeah. stick some nipples on there, and then when we get this into the edit suite, we can CGI on a like a, and a doorknob or something into the middle of his chest. We'll have we'll we'll be able to you know map it in three D. It'll look like the doorknobs really there. That's what I think they were for. Yeah. I mean, some biologists might disagree. Could we put something more useful there? More in, useful the, than the, the nipples. Than the nipple. Well, it feels like people who get their nipples pierced are well on their way to doing something useful with their nipples, but, but then they don't really do it. Do they, they don't really do. It feels like they could hang something there, some they, war medals or something like that. Oh, wow. I mean. What an Anzac march that would be. Mm. You see our diggers out there, those proud boys, with the ni- with their medals hanging from their pierced nipples. Mm. I mean, could you do that with your grandfather's ne- medals? What a tribute. I don't know where my grandfather's medals are. Does your grandfather have medals? Yeah. All right. Well, um, I, don't think I don't think we're medal winners. In your family? Yeah. Yeah? You know, I, don't know, I don't know if anybody has medals. Um... Is it bragging to walk around with other people's medals? It's... <sighs> I My first instinct is, yes, it's the worst thing you can do. My second instinct is, oh, but it's actually quite a nice tribute to somebody who is important to you and your family. And I feel like... Mm. I should have had those instincts in the in the in the other order. Yeah, sure. To make me a better person, mm. maybe not even had that first instinct at all. Mm. Just gone with the nice one thing to pay tribute to someone in your family. But I bet there are also people who do it for real toxic and horrible reasons, about like trying to appropriate valor and you know glorify war that they didn't understand mm. and weren't a part of. So, but is there a way that they could? That you could do a really bad thing like that for for good. Well, exactly. I think there is. And I think if you want to wear your grandfather's medals, you should have to do it with them hanging off your nipples, right? And now you Mm -hmm. feel not all of, but at least some of the sacrifice and the pain Mm. that your forebear had to go through. It's a little more meaningful. And the more medals they won, the more weight pulling down painfully on your nipples. So you experience even more, like... You know, probably mm. even in a proportionate amount to the amount of suffering that they had to go through to yeah. get all those medals is the amount of suffering that you have to experience wearing them dangling from your nipples as you march in the Anzac Day March, the Anzac Day Parade. Sure. And that is the only fitting way that ongoing uh, generations we can pay tribute to uh, to the diggers. And people take, uh, take war, you know, a little, a little more seriously, I think. I think... I think there's nothing that will take you know, people, make people take it more seriously than the um, than you're know, wearing it off for nipples. And I mean, I guess the whole point of it is that we're remembering these people mm. who have made these yeah, sacrifices. and we're still definitely remembering them. And I think that memory will be much more seared deeply into your memory exactly. if you see sort of them dangling off. Nipples. Bleeding nipples. Bleeding nipples. So, so um, it's not even a good... Pre- no, 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 it's not. It's not good at all. No, it's been done under war conditions. Um, the the other the, the flip side, is, of course, is that conscientious objectors were given feathers as a symbol, as a, as a, like a sort of an insult. Now, right, and then they're going to put them through their nipples and because it's organic and it's from dirty birds, you, you'll get infected and their descendants will die, which is what... People wanted really from the beginning. I was going to say oh. that having a feather hanging from your nipple wouldn't weigh nearly as much, and you wouldn't feel that. And it would mm. probably um, be a good message about how um, not going to war is also pretty good. Probably. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think there's. I think nipple medals is uh, is oh, a sketch right. idea, Alistair. If anything's a sketch idea, nipple medals is a sketch idea, right? There's this, there's a few different ways you can run at this as well. Yeah. Like you can absolutely do a modern artist who's doing like it feels like a thing that a modern artist would do. Yeah. Right. They would get their grandfather's medals and they would hang them off their nipples and they would just stand in a in a gallery space. They wouldn't even bother doing a painting or a photograph or they just go and stand there with these things hanging off their nipples and everyone walks around them and looks at them and they don't react whatever you do to them or something. Or maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they attack yeah. you. Maybe they attack you. That's a great one. That's a great twist on it, isn't mm. it? Because there's been a few other ones where you go and sit. I think Sheila Booth did one where you could go and sit opposite Sheila Booth and you could do whatever you wanted to him and he wouldn't react. What about? One where they attack you if you do something to them. Yeah. And you don't even have to go and sit opposite him. He's just in the, in the, in the street and he'll just attack you. Oh, it's like a public rampage but for art. Yeah. 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 Art rampage. Yeah, the sort of the active shooter kind of, but as an as art. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of a pun now about going on a rampage. Um, going on a Pam page? Pam page? Yeah. Oh, Pam. She sounds like the person in the uh, in the office mm. who cleans out the uh, the fridge at the end of the week and throws out everybody's food. Uh, if they've they haven't labelled their containers, and she calls it going on a pam page, or people call it going on a pam page behind her back. This might feel like nothing, but what about all all the the food at the back of a fridge, mm. like a you know maybe a workplace that during the weekend kind of sneaks out and create gets becomes a bigger and bigger being going from fridge to fridge ac- accumulating new parts that are mm. you know, it's become so alive and then it's a horror kind of movie mm. where um people are being brought down by sort of curries and sort of roasted vegetables and different things that they've not emptied from their how are they being brought down is it killing them is it like coming yeah, after like them I, this I, creature yeah It's like looking at them from, you know. That's an amazing soundscape, Alistair. I love it. That's like, you know, it's hiding in, in, in sort of stationary mm. cupboards and things like that. It's looking mm. around and it's trying to take people down and puts its disgusting, like, you know, roasted carrot stick fingers over their face as they kind of walk past the stationary cupboard, pulls, the, pulls them in. Is it called Freezer Burn? Is that the name of this movie? I think it's in the fridge because the freezer will actually prevent. Is it called things. CRISPR? Could be called Can it be CRISPR? called CRISPR? Yeah, CRISPR called seems CRISPR. like a, the name of a horror movie, right? Mm. I mean, I realise it's probably not the CRISPR area that you're thinking of, is it? You're thinking more of those upper shelves, mm. you know, and that space maybe, really at the but back. But maybe the, the core of it starts in the CRISPR. Mm. Great. Mm. I, our CRISPR, we have real issues with our CRISPR at home just because, like, it's deep and mm. you put the food on top of the pile, mm. and then the stuff at the bottom really does go. You know, mm. I like it. I think Pam would really come into her own in this. Oh, in, in this she's kind of our thing. like last hope and savior. I told you to clean out the fridge. Maybe she went on um, maternity leave. That's what happened. Maybe she had a hip operation. Yeah, I'm now basing this really closely on a woman that I knew when I was teaching. She was amazing. I wrote a short story about her. Really? Yeah, where she became. Uh, a creature of pure organisation and ascended to like a higher plane because she was just so organised. She did everything at the school. She was like, yeah, incredible. And then people would get sick and she would just take on their workload as well. You're like, surely you can't be doing this also. And she was also always so calm. Really? Yeah. Had she reached enlightenment? I think. It's very possible that she had. Yeah, she'd, she'd achieved some kind of laminar flow. Mm. Laminar flow. Mm. God, I love me some laminar flow. But laminar flow of just like efficiency, just like workplace efficiency, which is also incredible in a, in a teaching environment where there's just so many unpredictable things and so mm. much chaos. What a woman. She was um, amazing. What is she doing now? I don't know. I'd like to think she's still there. Is she... Um did she have kids? She had a son. Yeah. He worked in the IT department. Really? Mm. So efficient. Mm. And he 
Seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> he was across it. Um, hey, uh, do we have uh, words from a listener? Yeah, we do. We yes. do. You might know this listener, Andy. I hope I do. They're, they're a Patreon supporter. Oh, yeah. Their last name is a form of communication. Text message? Yep. It's Graham text message. <laughs> it's Tabitha Post. Tabitha Post. Hi, Hi, Tabitha. Hi, Tabitha Post. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Tabitha. And thank you for giving us words on the Patreon. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you, everyone who supports us on Patreon. You're all delightful. We appreciate it. It's such a, a helpful way for to you help. to help us get Andy out of financial strife. Um, I knew this was coming. Every day, Andy comes to me talking about a new decision that he's made <laughs> that has put him into further financial strife or has added some new responsibility. Yep. yep. We adopted a blind dog today. Yeah. Anyway, it's probably not going to work out. We might have to take her back. Yeah. Um, I don't. Wa- I don't want think. I don't want the <laughs> listeners to think the Patreon supporters though to think that I'm frittering away all the money that oh, we get not. on no, blind no, no. dogs. No, no, no. The the money that he gets from this, from this actually is the thing that saves him at the end of the month. Goes after straight into the mouths of my children. Yeah, it's it's the it's the money that he makes on his regular job that he f- f- fritters away. Would you say what word you use? Fritters. You fritter it away yeah. Yeah. on, on, on res- responsibilities you don't need to have. Mm-hmm. I spent I spent all of my I, all of my money on zucchini. Uh, f- uh, uh, fuck it. Man, that's a good place to. No, I think that's an actually a genuinely good way to spend your money on yeah. zucchini fritters. Yeah. Yeah. You could make worse choices. <laughs> <laughs> and you will. No, sorry. Andy's actually making some pretty good choices. He Thanks, just, Al. He just cares a lot about everyone. Um, Tabitha has three words, Andy. Okay. I want to hear them. Have you ever heard of this word? Game? Yeah. Yeah? Heard of that? Game. G-A-M-E. Game. Yeah, Yeah, what does it make you think about? Uh, It makes me think of Gamey Gamey Game, Evan's uh, TV show. Our friend Evan, who runs Stupid Old Studios, has a show called Gamey Gamey Game that both you and I have been on a couple of times. Very funny. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of venison. Really? Yeah, or deer, and all those kind of animals that look like deer. Makes me think of the game. The game mm. with Michael Douglas. Yeah, I, mean, I like that movie a lot. I think I remember liking it. I mean, it was just one of those ones that has an was impact. Was the game also the name of that pickup artist book? Oh yeah, it was also that with Michael Douglas. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if you were with Michael Douglas, I reckon it'd be easier to pick up. I'm going to write a book called The Game. It's going to be exclusively about picking up Michael Douglas. Well, I'm going to be. I'm going to write a book called The Game, mm. and it's going to be about picking up using Michael Douglas. I mean, yeah, you're, it's definitely a start, isn't mm. it? That, imagine if that was your form of peacocking. You walk in with Michael Douglas on your head. You, if you had 24, everyone's going to look at that guy with Michael Douglas on his head. Absolutely. But even, you know, you don't even have to have Michael Douglas on your person. You could go up to a person in a bar mm. and say, how would you like to come with me <laughs> to dinner with Michael Douglas? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, this is, there's no, you don't have to do anything, right? You don't have to have sex with me or anything like that. What a, what a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I want is for you to come with me and I'll take you away to a place where you don't know where you're going. <laughs> and and then you'll have dinner with Michael Douglas. And then if you want to leave, I have no problem. I mean, the mere fact that you specified that makes me have so much trust in you. But, I mean, how it would be so much more effective than if... The person you were suggesting was like, just like, you know, come and hang out with Evan Monroe Smith. Have have dinner with Evan Monroe Smith, who who does gamey gamey game. I don't know. That would be pretty effective. I'd love to. You think so? Just a stranger in a bar. This person they don't know. They could be watching. They could be a fan of gamey gamey game. I know, but but you're you're, right. He doesn't have the star power. Michael Douglas is is a great is a great great hook. 
you know, and if you can deliver on that, good luck to you. It's very exciting. Are you writing this down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that was only one of Tabitha's words. Great. Oh, we're doing well so far. The second word is, well, what do you think it is? <sighs> Robespierre. You so off. All right. Oh, ow. Second word is mountain. Game mountain. Game mountain. Game mountain. Oh, I'd, I'd go to game mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd, 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 I'd frolic in the foothills of game mountain. I might even go to base camp. You know what I'm surprised about? Sort of all those animals that are a bit like deer. You know, like all the animals. There are a whole category of animals. First base camp. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Second base camp. Did we come up with an idea a long time ago about this place that's like base camp, but it's like not base camp, but it's you go there and it's like base camp themed and you feel like you're at base camp. <laughs> I don't know if we did actually, Al. No? I think I it's mean, a fun maybe. idea. You it go, is a fun idea. You go to this place and it's always like you always go like, you guys going to go up to the top? And they go, soon. Yeah. Yeah. We're just prepping. We're just recovering. Yeah. And then yeah, we got fun. two more days here to acclimatize to the thing, and then, you know people come through, and some of them go up to the summit, that sort of thing. But you don't; you're there for the base camp mm. experience. But they're, they're just actors. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. They're just actors who come through. Some people coming back from the summit. Sometimes people come back and they've lost a guy. Mm. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes they go, we need a team to go up and rescue somebody, and then you. Have Don't. to act as a coward to be a coward <laughs> and not go up. This oh, is no one there. N- no one out there is is offering a coward simulator. You know mm. all these. You know first person like the hero. IRL shooters, these escape rooms or whatever. You know the, the those things where you get to shoot zombies. Where's the coward option? That's right. Just running. Mm. One of these things where you don't actually. Or you have a gun, but you, the only target you have to hit with your gun is you have to throw it on the ground. <laughs> you got to hit the ground. Yeah, and then you have to run. Mm-hmm. And then you have to survive by just trying to not get scratched too much. But also, if you could somehow like survive by turning in your friends, mm, that would be good. Oh, that's a great. That's a great um, game. Yeah. Where all you got to do is give up all your friends. But I guess there's got to be something that makes it more difficult. It's called show business. <laughs> Is it? Is I, don't I don't think it's what show. No, show it's not really. No, no. 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 Sorry, my mistake. Um, and then the last word, Andy. Yep. And then I had to look it up. Now, even though I do come from Canada from a long time ago, this word, T-O-Q-U-E, Talk. looks like it says toke. Toke. But... I looked it up and then I remembered it. And if I'm, I could be completely incorrect, but I believe in Canada it is pronounced toque. Toque. Yeah. Okay. Because I think it's the French word in toque. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's in toque. I don't know. In toque. In toque. In toque. In toque. I don't know. But I'm going to go with toque. And it's toque. just a beanie. It's just a, Great. a warm beanie. Game mountain toque. Yeah. Took. Took. Um, I, I, you know that phenomenon of uh, frogs that are, you put them in, you can put them in water and you boil the water slowly and they have no idea mm. and then they just cook. But they don't realize it's getting hot. I don't know if that's true, by the way. It's yeah. a great analogy for stuff, mm. but I don't know if it's a real thing. But uh, I feel like that could happen to me very easily with having a beanie on my head. There's yeah. been some days where it like starts out cold. I got a beanie on my head. I won't realize like the day will get quite hot, and I won't realize I've got a beanie on my head until it's almost too late. Like sure. I'm like, I am feeling terrible, and something is wrong with my body. And then like the last second, I'll maybe even not conscious. I might graze it or something and realize that I have the beanie on there. But I feel like I'm at I'm at risk of cooking in my own skull. Because I yeah. don't want to take off a beanie. And maybe that could be useful. Yes. That could be useful like as a superpower where fainting becomes useful. 
I mean, this would be great if you were a coward. <laughs> Fainting? Yeah. I know, but but a coward is pretty use, useless. That's one, right. one of the benefits of being a coward. Also, if you faint... No responsibility. I think, but I think if you faint, yeah. you're not really a coward, are you? You know, it's like somebody who accidentally uh, does something heroic. Mm. If you're fainting, you're kind of an accidental coward. You don't really get to claim credit for sure. being a coward. That's what just your you body be, letting you down. What if you could be an on-purpose coward? Like a like a you know on-purpose fainting coward. Mm. Like if you like were, on command. Like your your superpower was that you could truly faint, but on command. Yeah. Like you know, sort of like like a like a kangaroo can sort of will a way of terminating their young. I've heard this. Yeah. Yeah. But like that, but with fainting. <laughs> I mean, what an amazing place to go to for an example of something that you can do intentionally. Well, it's just I one mean, of those you things have the that you entire can do with your body. That... Almost everything that is done. Well, no, 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 because it's 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 a specific example because it's a thing that most people don't have the ability to do with their body. Okay. And is normally just an, an involuntary thing, but you can control it. Okay. 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 Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no, now no. Ha- where would this be useful? Okay. Um, I guess a uh, scenario where you have to cause a distraction uh, during a bank robbery, mm. you know? You're, in, you're, you're locked up in prison, right? Yeah. And you need to trick the guards into coming into the room so that you can hit them on the head. Yeah, but now, do you see the flaw in what you're saying? It's starting to sound pretty heroic. Oh, and it's supposed to be cowardice. Well, this person's a coward. <laughs> and I've, it's, it's, it's so hard to get my head around it, exactly what it is we're trying to achieve here. We want somebody to... Who uses... Their superpower. Their superpower. Of being able to intentionally faint in order to... To achieve their cowardice. Okay, so... <laughs> How okay. about this? Oh, no, this is quite good. Yeah. So, so like, there is a scenario where, like, there is a baby stuck in a burning building, right? <laughs> and this coward is walking past and somebody says, oh, my God, please help the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are able to faint like that yeah. and get out of it. That's right. And they could even, in that scenario, they're even sort of taking the attention of other people who might be walking by. <laughs> they are. Who could well, be running into the building. I mean, help. that's incredible, isn't it, that they're not, like, it's not just cowardice. It's mm. I mean, even they're the, making the, things worse. The person who's yelling out "my baby" is now worried about them. Who's fainted. oh no, my oh my rescuer, <laughs> my person who my, could potentially have saved my baby. And then that, there's that person then calling out for somebody save my baby and my pu- oh somebody please rescue. save this guy. He's gonna save my yeah. baby. Um, I guess also. Um, you could. This is a similar kind of, you know, scenario in which you could do it. But let's say you're visiting your grandmother. She lives in a home, and she's just handed you your tray, or, or you know, she she had, she had handed, you're sitting on the couch, and she's sitting on her lazy boy, and she had handed you your tray that had, you know, an onion and tuna sandwich or something like that. On, your on grandmother it. is handing this to you. Yeah, yeah, and then, um. And then she sits on her chair and she eats her sandwich that she made as well. And then you finish your plate. And she goes, hand me your plate? Like that. And then you pretend to faint. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to give her back the tray? Yeah, like so she'll come and get it and be like worried about you and stuff. I mean, <laughs> is that cowardice? <laughs> Do you think that the thing that's stopping you from giving back the tray is cowardice? Because this is, sounds just more like laziness. Yeah, but, you know, laziness, I think, is just an, uh, oh, an off-cut. Right. very of... mild form of cowardice about yeah. you're scared to make any effort. Cause, yeah, because I think what is what is laziness? It's like you're afraid of the, the pain of effort. It's amazing because she was sitting in a lazy boy, but really it was you who was the lazy boy. You were the lazy boy all along. All along. That thing was just a recliner. But when it needs to... It doesn't recline. It gets to work. Whereas mm. you, when you need it, that's when you really do your reclining. Mm. I sit on an incliner. Look, I'm just going to write down fainting superpower for coward. Great. 
guess it's yeah. not really super, but uh, no, it's a superpower. I mean, it's a you know, it's above and beyond what the rest of us are able to achieve. Um, I thought you were going to suggest in the nursing home scenario that one of the nurses comes in and says, "Oh, could you please help me?" You know, to wash your grandma or something like that, mm. and then you faint. Oh no, it wasn't going to be that big a task. Yeah, no, you were good. You did good, Al. Yeah. Can you take us through the sketches that we've come up with on this episode of the podcast? Um, well, then there's obviously these, the, the guy who's caught pulling nostril hairs out of, mm. his, like, out of his nose and, and says that, you know, when somebody says that it's disgusting, he says, well, actually, I think that these kinds of things, these kinds of grooming responsibilities that mm. society pressures us into should be visible to everyone so that and then he somehow forces women and butchers and mm. sort of abattoirists and you know and and also maybe our the migrant workers and and the people who take advantage of them too everybody has to work out in the open do all their stuff right out in the open all the things that were ashamed I think of. a lot of the migrant workers do have to work out in the open i think that's part yeah. of the uh well, how about hardship? Okay, some of them sometimes they work in sort of. You're right, though. Scenarios in which we sort of pretend like they don't. It's not happening. Mm. Yeah, All right, I think you're right. I think we're talking about the same cafe. We're thinking of the same cafe, aren't you? Oh. Aren't we? You and I. We're all the. Um, seems like all the immigrant workers are in the out the back in the kitchen. Yeah, but not just that. I think it's most low paid jobs. Mm. They're just kind of. Anyway. Um, Look, it doesn't sound as funny on the way, the way back. Um, we got the no, I think that's definitely something. And I'd also like to just reiterate my idea about a waxing salon which hangs up all the strips of wax with all the hair on them, the mm. used strips, out the front. It's kind of like uh, when you go past a, uh, a farm and a farmer has, like, shot a whole lot of foxes and, like, tied the tails mm. to the uh, to the fence line or whatever. That'll it's like that. You, know, that. you you really show what you're capable yeah. of. And if you looked at that and you saw those strips of wax and you were like, man, there's so many hairs on this strip, you know that they're like they're doing a, they're doing a good job. I think it would look pretty cool. And the building would look all furry. Oh, yeah. It would look really cool to see and sort of white strips with wax on them filled with hair. Fur is not really a thing that's used very much in architecture. Mm. So. Or paper with sort of sticky wax on it with sort of leg hairs embedded sure, in the wax. Sure. That's, I an, mean, that's an even, I think that's an object that's used even less in architecture. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're making it, the way you're describing it is making it sound like kind of less. Yeah. Like kind of. By, by describing it as, as what it is. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, then there's you. the portable ter- terrarium to adapt to our the insect death. Yeah. It's just a logical extension of... Um, so we're just creating microclimates that go around us. We have mentioned somehow that we're going to have tiny humans living in there. We could just be insects and stuff like that that we keep in our tiny ecosystem. Yeah, that that'd be nice. But you know, if tiny humans turns out to if we turns out we've killed all the insects before we get around to making this, maybe it'll have to be tiny humans. Yeah, right. They could still buzz if you like. That'd be good. Mm. They could do every job. Um, we got. Nipple medals, obviously. It's just a way of really remembering the war vets. Mm-hmm. That's it, you know? Yeah, on your way up to the cenotaph to lay a wreath, you got your jingly jangly... You, you, no, you're not wearing a shirt, by the way. Mm, you're topless. And, mm. uh, yeah. We got CRISPR. CRISPR. CRISPR, which Terrifying. is the... It's the monster that was formed from the uh, remnants of old lunches in the, in the work fridge after... Pam went on holidays for two weeks, mm-hmm. and it it goes and feeds on. You know, tonight grows. leftovers are having you for dinner. Mm. Probably does start eating people. Yeah, probably starts putting them in the fridge. They start going moldy. Mm. Then it can add them to its person. Yes, it's a sentient mold. Could be a slime mold. Oh, and made out of like old roasted carrot sticks. Then we got the game, which is where you use Michael Douglas to help pick up. Yes. 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 And then we got the fainting uh, superpower for a coward. Because that's the, I think that's the real difference there is that most superpowers, you see them applied by people who are trying to be heroic. 
Or trying to be villainous. Or villainous. But it's still something in which you win. It's still active. Yeah. You know? You're still getting involved. Not this one. Their superpower is to be not involved. Mm. To and, avoid responsibility. And and it sort of opens up the world of more like, well, how, if people did have super mental powers and super physical powers, how would they use those to avoid the work that they currently try to do? Uh, yeah, because that, I mean, that is, we both know that if you or I had superpowers, that is how we would deploy them, mm-hmm. you know, in some sort of procrastination. <laughs> the procrastinator. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We really do appreciate it. We uh, very much appreciate it. Please, you can find us on Twitter at Two in Tank. I'm at Alistair TB. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. You can review us on iTunes. We absolutely love it. You can review um, the show. The show. You can review <laughs> yourselves. You can find your own address on YouTube. I mean, on on Google Maps, and maybe review your house. Yeah. You know, just get yourself into a reviewing flow and then eventually you might review our Once podcast. you realize what it's, how good it feels to have been reviewed, you'll yeah. know how good it is for us when we yeah. get reviewed. And we've had a few really, really lovely ones recently. Thank and you so it's much. it's so nice. People have responded to I think to we really begged begging. pretty hard on a recent podcast and it yeah. paid big dividends. It really paid big dividends. And we it taught like us the three. lesson that begging and appearing pathetic really works for us. It gets us. results, yeah. So we're going to keep doing that. It's where we really come into our own. Yes. So give us a review. It makes us feel really good. And if you want to support us on Patreon, that would be lovely as well. Patreon.com slash 2intank. It can be just a couple of bucks. It can be half a buck mm. if you want. It doesn't matter. It's just lovely to <laughs> to help Andy climb out of the hole Correct. that he's in or buy a ladder. And we, we love... You. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.